This is the EPLOG audio experience. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cyclists and the enthusiasts, welcome to Hit The Road. This is India's first podcast for all you athletes. My name is Rohan Thakaran and it's my pleasure to get on board today. Mr. Naveen John, pro cyclist from India. Welcome Naveen, how are you doing today? Hey Rohan, uh, uh, doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. So I'll, I'll just start off with a little interjection. It's every time someone calls me a pro cyclist I cringe a little bit because <laughs> you know I've had the opportunity to see what the level of our sport is outside India and yes. to be honest even with even with my with the few accomplishments that I have at the Indian level I really just like to call myself a, a professional human <laughs> and uh, and that's about it you know and I ride and I ride bicycles at the top level in India and I'm yes. trying to do a little bit more outside so <laughs> so it it's really fascinating that you are doing this 100% it is something which really fascinates me but before we delve into anything else you were at the asian road championship and i want to know what happened there spill the beans um yeah so it's only been a week since i've got back from the asian championships um uh, which this year was in tashkent in uzbekistan yes. and um well first off i didn't know where uzbekistan was on the world map um and that's the one nice thing about <laughs> cycling as a sport yes um you start to look up places on the map that uh, you know you probably never would have thought you'd go to um so in uzbekistan this uh, this year um and um it was a small team that we had this year four riders mm-hmm. uh three in the men elite and one in the under 23 uh the members of the team were selected on the basis of really just national merit so um if you look at our team we had the indian national time trial champion um my uh, former teammate on chiklo team racing arvind panwar yes um we had manjit jangra who is the current indian road race national mm-hmm. champion um and then you had me um uh, silver uh medalist at the uh, individual time trial this year uh, last year at nationals and and a couple other wins uh and then uh the under 23 rider that we had was aman punjani who is the indian national under 23 road race and time trial national champion so uh, really a team made of kind of the 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 best in india at the moment yes um and uh, a small team but a, uh, with a focus goal um uh, uh, we had really just two events a time trial and a road race to focus on okay um and um to put it in a nutshell i think um our best result so uh yeah i think our best uh, performance at this year's asian championships came from uh, my teammate arvind panwar who was seventh in the individual time trial that was terrific um, and the past two years i've been um the country's representative in the time trial we only get one starter in the time trial mm-hmm. um and um uh, the first year i participated in uh the asian championships was in 2017 in bahrain and i was seven and a half odd minutes from the podium um in 2018 i closed that gap down to about two and a half minutes mm-hmm. and arvind seventh place while on paper doesn't seem like a big result um arvind was able to kind of carry forward that momentum that i built over the last two years and came within 48 seconds of the podium you know which wow. if you put it into the context of mm-hmm. uh, indian cycling that would have been our biggest result in the sport of road cycling uh you know uh in re- in the last decade or two easily 
Um, and so, you know, uh, while seventh might not seem like uh, it isn't a medal a position, um, uh, for those who have, um, you know, a sense of, um, who keep a close kind of tab on uh, Indian cycling's kind of forward momentum, hmm. um, it's a significant result in that sense. Definitely, you know? because the sport is growing at a massive pace and we seeing uh, in the top 10, it's a big achievement for uh, the whole country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so it was a good outing for that reason in the road race, um, uh, an incredibly tough road race with, uh, you know, some of the best riders in the world. Um, Kazakhstan came out on top in both the time trial and the road race. And Arvind and I, again, um, not really a result on paper uh, that we came away with this year uh, for various reasons. Uh, uh, of course, that didn't really favor our strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we carried again that forward momentum that um, we started building in 2017 when yeah. I uh, when I first had my first uh, Asian Champs representation. We've been carrying forward that momentum, you know. Um, if you look at our numbers from the road race in terms of power numbers and um, and things like that, it's just been you know a slow build over the past three years. Mm. And if you look at and if you look at our results before 2017. Uh, we hadn't finished a nation championships road race uh, in almost a decade, right? So these results are super important in the context of Indian cycling. While they might not be, uh, um, you know, anything of note, uh, they wouldn't make the headlines of the Times of India, for example. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, if we see the projections, hmm. yes, yeah, you see the trajectory. It's hmm. uh, we're moving forward and. I think next year is um, is just going to be another step forward, you know, because we're we're motivated and uh, uh, we're already thinking about it, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure. So this race is a build up for the next one. So I'm sure the 2020 will be a podium finisher. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll work towards that, and then it is sport. So at the end of the day, yes, of course, uh, the mm-hmm. dice fall where they do. Yes. So uh, how was the geography for Tashkent? Uh, yeah, good question. So, um, Tashkent uh, is the capital of Uzbekistan and um, a beautiful city. Um, it's got a rich uh, cultural history as the intersection of, uh, you know, the Silk Road. Uh, yes. And so, the people, the people there are quite unique. They're a mix of, you know, uh, a North Indian slash Chinese slash Mongolian slash Russian slash Eur- Eurasian, you know. And so, it's, it's a really nice mix of people. And as far as the terrain goes... Uh, Tashkent itself is a pretty flat city. Uh, Hmm. It's in a it's in a river valley. Uh, uh, Our race course actually started in the city. And then uh, we rode about 60 to 100 kilometers out and we actually finished in the mountains uh, in the northeast of Tashkent uh, in the Tian Shen range. Uh, So Hmm. our road race was 170 kilometers and we basically finished up a 16 kilometer climb. Um, so we got to see quite a bit of uh, Uzbekistan in just our road race, even though mm-hmm. we were probably just looking at our stems the entire time, <laughs> suffering and looking at our stems. But uh, it's a really beautiful country. Uh, I, I'm glad I got the opportunity to kind of, um, you know, visit it as part of this this sporting thing. The problem of, of sport is when you travel to a country to perform in a sport, you don't really get to see the country at all. Cause mm. like I said, you're often just looking at your front wheel, right. uh, suffering. Uh, but on the last day we had a little bit of time to kill, um, before we headed to the airport. So, uh, yeah, we got to see kind of, uh, we went, went for a hike and we got to see the, 
the mountains in the country is beautiful really really beautiful mountains you know i'm sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm sure but yes uh, racing in this ambience itself is a great uh, um, so what if you can't see you can feel it <laughs> that's true, true, true. you definitely feel the hurt when you go up the climb <laughs> yeah so how was uh, how was the competition over there uh, yeah who were your um, major uh, opponents yeah yeah so um, i'll reframe that question a little, little bit so mm-hmm. you know where uh, you know for me the way i look at it is uh, my first asian championships representation was in 2017 and really i look at that as a uh, turning point in indian cycling you know um because that's the year we first finished the road race in about oof, uh 8 or 9 years um okay. and for me it's like an important significant kind of marker uh, in the history of us uh, of our sport, uh, of road cycling in india at least um and you know we aren't really yet competing with the the best guys there you know the best mm. guys there in the asian level come from countries like kazakhstan uh china chinese taipei uh, yes. uh hong kong um uh iran um those are your top countries at the moment in the asian scene and and they at the top because they have a little bit more of a cycling history and a cycling culture okay. uh kazakhstan is the dominant nation in asia uh you know uh they have a pro tour team which is basically a professional team at the top level of the sport called astana pro cycling which is a state sponsored team you know so they have uh, i mean they have a gold medalist in the olympics in alexander vinokurov who won the olympic gold medal in the road race in 2012 in london yeah. um so they have a they let's just say they have a little bit of a history behind them hmm. you know uh, whereas we i would say you know our competitive history is just kind of uh, restarted in 2017 so um we're young so we don't to be honest to to it would be dishonest to say that we were competing with these guys for the for the win but where every year we're getting closer you know mm-hmm. um and so the top guys were the kazakhs for sure um um they they just they they pretty much just had to drive from you know astana to tashkent they're just across the border um you know we had to fly in spending three day almost three days traveling you know and getting adjusted to the weather whether whereas the kazakhs had that local weather and yeah. terrain and they are habitual to exactly yeah for them it was like a drive from bangalore to uh you know to uh, to chennai you know mm. uh so uh they performed really well the riders from chinese taipei and china also rode really strong to finish second and third and uh both riders are also both of those riders were also um, or are also professionals who yeah. ride at the top level of the sport uh Feng Chung Kai from Taiwan is uh, the first Taiwanese rider to ride on a professional team he rides for Bahrain Merida mm. um and the Chinese rider Liu Jing Chen I think um also rides on a professional level you know um so these are like some of the best guys in the world right and got it. Got it. um we did our best uh, uh to to kind of put our best like forward in the road race and Arvind finished uh, about 5 uh, about 6 minutes from the the leading group uh, or the leader yes uh, um and i finished about uh, 6:45 or 7 minutes from the leader so um yeah the thing about a race finishing on a climb is that uh, at the end of 100 and you know 67 k's is uh, uh everything i mean it's incredibly aggressive racing till the bottom of the climb and yes. then 
it's just an individual time trap because mm. once you mm. go up a climb, it's just a battle of watts to kilogram, you know. And, yes, got it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how the racing was and the competition was this year. Speaking of the time trial on the hills, it just reminded me of the Chris Froome's uh, head-on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's exactly like that. You know, when Chris Froome goes, not many can follow. And so uh, when the Astana boys go, not many can follow. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. But yes, you are back and it's great to have you back in the country. And uh, I wanted to speak about how you think the cycling is developing right now. Um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty broad question. And um, um, I can talk to kind of uh, different the different disciplines of cycling and, and um, kind of a, a bunch of things there. But I think I'll just focus on uh, road cycling a little bit because yes. uh, that's a little relevant to the topic. So mm. um, it's changed a lot, you know, I mean, and I think uh, it depends on who you ask. Um, I think if you ask a um, rider who's been around the Indian scene for the past 20 years, they might have a particular answer. Um, but my answer comes from uh, the fact that when I first moved here in 2012 from the US, uh, having finished my my bachelor's uh, yes. in engineering. Hmm. Um, I, I see a very different Indian cycling then um, as I do now, seven years later. And uh, I think things have only gone in the positive direction as far as road cycling goes in India. Um, and I think there has been literally year on year growth in terms of the number of people participating in it. Um, the kind of uh, the number of verticals that you have in road cycling, you know, hmm. In terms of competitive racing, time trialing, uh, private level events, uh, events organized by the National Federation, um, you know, Preves. I mean, just yes. the whole thing is... It's, it's increasing it's, exponentially. Absolutely. Um, not as much as a sport like, say, running, but mm. cycling has a couple more uh, infrastructural and equipment challenges, but definitely grown significantly. A little bit more to the uh, competitive side of elite racing in India. Hmm. Um, I think the level has definitely gone up there too. Um, even though I think that, um, it's a little top heavy in the sense there are a few guys who are really stepping up the game. It hasn't become ubiquitous. You know, the entire okay. field of elite riders in India have not stepped up their game. Hmm. Uh, but there are a few riders who have significantly stepped up their game and then, and, um, um, not to blow my own horn, but, uh, just get a little bit of a fact that out of the four riders who are part of the national team this year, three of them, uh, Aman, me and Arvin, yes. um, you know, Aman, I've coached, um, in the past, um, Arvind, I introduced him to, uh, training with a power meter, uh, and introduced him to his coach who was a college racing mate of mine. And, and all of us have been part of this, uh, um, uh, this project, which I organized where we, uh, I select a bunch of riders to go to Belgium every year to experience what the level of the real level of kind of, yeah. you know, uh, art sport is. Uh, and I'm proud to say that, you know, three of the guys of out of four were part of that, that, uh, those experiences, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, I think I see a time in the near future, uh, as, as soon as next year where the entire team will have been part of something that. I have kind of, you know, tried to kind of push into our sport, whether it's adopting training with power um, or, you know, working with uh, world-class coaches from outside India or, uh, you know, exposing yourself to racing outside India, you know, uh, uh, in Belgium. Hmm. So, yeah, it's exciting times. So, Belgium is a hub for cycling, I'm sure. But uh, what brings you there? Um, so, 
this kind of to answer this question, I think what brings me there, um, I think I'll answer this question by saying this, you know, I mean, um, cycling is a sport that's been around for a while and you've got a couple of nations that are incredibly dominant in the sport. So if you look at the UCI world rankings for nations, yes. uh, Belgium sits on top. Um, you know, and then you've got France and Italy, and then you've got the rest. You know, if you look at the Asian rankings, uh, UCI rankings for nations, out of about 30 uh, nation countries uh, who have their national federations associated with the UCI, um, India sits kind of at the 27th, really at the bottom of the table, you know. Okay. Um, probably Macau and, you know, a couple other <laughs> other countries out below us. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and what you see is um, sports old. It's been around for a while. There are some dominant nations. And yeah. so as a country like India, where the sport is nascent, I would really say in the competitive sense, we are super nascent. Yes. Um, uh, we can go about trying to reinvent the wheel, uh, you know, and figure out how to, uh, you know, uh, become competent in the competitive side of um, cycling or we can look at what, you know, uh, the best nations in the world, um, uh, the, mo- the, 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 the upcoming nations in the world are doing, countries like Australia, the US, uh, South Africa. We can look at what these countries are doing to leverage systems that exist in the top cycling nations like mm. Belgium, France and Italy um, and, and, um, and modify the requirements to the Indian, the context of Indian cycling. Mm, got it. And we can short circuit a whole bunch of uh, mistakes and things like that, you know, and time and, and all of that. So mm. it's not necessarily a shortcut, but it's, uh, it's avoiding kind of mistakes and not yeah. having to reinvent the wheel, you know. And so that's the eye with which I've always looked at Indian cycling, you know. Um, look at uh, road cycling in Australia or cyclocross in the United States or a woman cyclist from a country like South Africa. And you look at the pathways that these, that athletes in this sport or the entire system kind of leverages yes. to to get to the top, right? Mm. And uh, applying it to the Indian context. So uh, can you highlight a few points on that? Yeah. Any yeah. uh, like the loops that we are facing right now yeah. and how is it yeah. being rectified, we can say, uh, yeah, yeah. by going outdoor? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if you look at the Indian cycling project, which is basically um, in its fifth year, which I'm kind of organizing and hope to keep growing year on year. Hmm. Um, the idea is this to expose the, the most whole Indian athletes, not the strongest Right. Because here's the thing about sport that people don't realize it's it takes more than just brawn to progress in sport. It takes a level of uh, maturity beyond your years. It takes uh, a level of emotional stability and, and, and support that comes from different facets, you know. Yes. And so I look at the most whole Indian athletes and uh, the ones who are most likely to give back to their sport, because that's important. Hmm. Uh, because if it's just one person who's really looking after their own interests, then, um, the sport doesn't grow. That person grows, right? Maybe. Uh, but the sport doesn't grow, you know? Um, so I look for the most whole athletes who are looking to, are possibly going to contribute to the sport and expose them to the top level of the sport outside India. And in this case, the Indian cycling project really focuses on Belgium because it is the most cost effective place to put yourself in, uh, you know, okay. for a month or two months and three months hmm. and, uh, and expose yourself to racing. Just to give you an idea of what I mean by cost effective, uh, to do a race in Belgium at the top amateur level, um, 
um, a race that, um, you know, is uh, almost as hard, if not harder than our road national championships, of which you can do up to five a day. Um, mm. uh, you know, and you have to pick which of those five you want to do. And you can do this all the way from March 1st till October 31st, you know, That's so long absolutely every day you've got five races that are as hard as the Indian national championships mm. all the way from October and the cost of doing any one of these races is exactly five euros, right? That's um, quite five a, euros, mm. exactly. Which is about 350 rupees. Mm. Um, whereas the cost of doing uh, a community organized event in India can be up to a thousand, anywhere from 500 or 350 rupees to up to a thousand five hundred rupees, you know? Yes. Uh, um, so uh, in that sense, Belgium is, is, um, a cost effective beyond reason. Right. And over that, you get the access to compete with the yep. much higher the level best. athletes. The best, the best. Exactly. These are the guys who eventually go professional on to some of the best teams in the world. Um, you know, and then, and it's, uh, it's fun to look at my results, you know, the past couple of years in Belgium. And I look at some of the young guys who are in the field yes. and, you know, they've signed contracts with, you know, some of the biggest teams in the world. And you're like, huh, I raced that guy. I was in a break with him. <laughs> uh, and then he dropped me, <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, there's something to be said for that. You know, you can't, you can't, ex you can't get that anywhere else in the world besides Belgium. And so that, that really is um, in a nutshell, kind of one example, you know, it's that availability of a dense, high quality, low price calendar of racing, you know, mm. Uh, um, and that's one, uh, one example of, um, you know, of, um, how to leverage a top class world-class system outside India yeah. to accelerate, um, the development of Indian cycling, hmm. you know, what access do you get in terms of training other than the racing calendar? Right. So, um, the way I like to tell, uh, you know, whenever I organize these trips to Belgium, I, I reach out to a couple athletes and get mm. a feel for where they are in terms of their headspace and also their physical preparation, where they are in terms of their training. So, okay. uh, the thing about Belgium is, is there is no magic portion there. A lot of people think that, uh, you know, you go to Belgium and you come back, you come stronger. Um, besides this brilliant, you know, um, racing calendar, key to having some measure of success in Belgium and actually coming back stronger involves a lot of other things. You know, it requires a level of mental strength that no athlete in Indian cycling in India is, um, uh, is challenged with, uh, with local racing, you know, yeah. uh, because it's incredibly hard to go to a race uh, day after day and, and get dropped or get, uh, you know, crash or, you know, um, uh, it's just tough, tough racing. You know? it's, it's almost like boxing on bikes, uh, in, in Europe. <laughs> um, and in India we like smooth tarmac and things like that, but in Belgium, they like to send you down the worst roads, you know, and it's uh, and it's a feature of the race. Uh, their worst yeah. roads are also some of the best ones that we have so <laughs> i won't comment true. on that <laughs> it's true i mean but if you look at the race like paris roubaix i mean yes. it's, it's featured and known for the the worst roads you can possibly ride on you know yes. and uh, whereas in india we're like oh that road is too dangerous like in a national <laughs> level race we would say that you know i'm like uh man that would make for a really exciting race you mm. know <laughs> that's what i think i think the um, europeans uh, want adventure so that's yeah. how a lot of sports have also been developed from there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And I think we're a little bit more risk averse, you know, we like to avoid uh, situations like that. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, so that's another way of looking at it. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's the thing about going to Europe, you know, it's, 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 uh, 
high, highly competitive and you learn so much by being in that pressure cooker environment yes definitely so um, speaking about uh, getting picked up by teams you yourself started a team chiclo racing team so yeah. can you tell something about that that what was your vision yeah. behind starting that yeah yeah so i think um just to give you a big picture of my kind of thought process you know um so i'm uh, i kind of entered in in cycling when i came back in 2012 and you know been here for 7 years and and for me uh, besides my athletic goals mm. uh to just to progress in the sport uh at a level uh, to be the best in the country but also to kind of grow and explore what is possible outside of that and yeah. to be competitive outside of india that's my goal as an athlete um you know i'm one of those guys who sees i mean uh, some some athletes see this and some see it a little bit later some see it a little earlier um the the day after i won my first national championships in 2014 it took me 2 years to achieve the goal that i came to india to achieve which is a mm. national title mm. um i realized that um, you know what there's been 100 200 300 national champions before the day i won the individual uh, time trial title for the first time yes. for myself Hmm. and there'll be another 200 to 300 in the history of indian cycling and the future of indian cycling um yeah. and what i realized was man uh, this is about to get pretty old pretty quickly you know for me as a person as a as a motivation winning national titles is going to get pretty old pretty quickly you know hmm. because at some point i realized hey this this is not like any you know elite level sure i'm uh, the on paper i'm the best cyclist out of a billion people which is kind of cool to say um and it's kind of a powerful kind of you know sentence and it's and it's not far from the truth but at the same time um i have had the opportunity to see what the real level of racing is around the world and i know i'm not i don't stack up anywhere in the top uh if i were to step outside you know uh mm-hmm. the small pond of a billion people right yeah. uh, and uh for me it's always about finding kind of a deep motivation and for me um uh what i realized was that the only thing that's going to motivate me is if i am constantly moving forward right uh in some uh by some definition right and so i chose to make that definition or that frame basically moving the sport of indian cycling forward what can i do to kind of move kind of the as many people and as many systems forward as i can you know in in a small way uh, in whatever way i can you know yeah um and so uh, to answer your original question about about uh chiclo team racing it it was one of those steps towards uh getting hands on experience as to what it would be like to start a development team in india that focused on uh that had an elite uh component so me and arvin yep. kind of represented india at the top level hmm. and alongside us have few of the best riders in india so in the first year we had uh, uh, aman punjani who uh, you've heard that name before because he's yes. current mm. under 20 so title mm. uh, and parshuram chenji who ended up winning the bronze medal in the elite criterium that year mm. uh, and uh, to the our second year where we had gagan reddy and shrinath lakshmi khan who um, have not achieved a podium result yet at the national level but um, I happen to be coaching them this year outside of that Chiclo framework okay. and uh, and I think their results are bound to come you know so um I wanted to you know get this first hand experience of what it's like to create a development team um go uh, uh, the focus of Chiclo was three things one is support the best athletes in India to perform outside of India right Arvind and me right 
uh, at things like the Asian Championships in Belgium. The second most important thing was the development, right? Creating uh, a couple of riders, uh, focusing on them intensely, challenging their physical development, but also development as whole athletes, people who might contribute to the growth of our sport in the near future. Mm. And the third most important thing that I that we decided to be the focus of the team was talk about it, you know, talk about it yeah. and tell the story. So if you Google um, Asian Championships 2017 and 2018, you actually see some really awesome content around that. Some of the best racing content uh, yeah. from Indian cycling that has been made, period, ever, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll plug so that in the description so that we can... Definitely, yeah. Hmm. So we there's a small recap of the Asian Championships road race, which I think is so cool. I think any... 12, 13, 14, 15 year old who watches that cannot be, uh, cannot be left, but inspired, uh, about the sport of Indian cycling. And then if you watch the video series that a friend of mine, um, made, um, who was part of our kind of, you know, that media coverage that I'd uh, put together for mm -hmm. 2018, he made an entire blog series that covered the entire Asian championships. And wow. if you look at Asian championships coverage, there's nothing out there, you know, and um, only Ben's blogs from last year really covers what an Asian Championships looks like from beginning to end. You know, you know, it's so really that, sad that media doesn't cover cycling much. And uh, it it is it is sad, but at the same time, I look at it as an opportunity. You know, when that, I said yes, we can do that. Yes, we can do it. Just like you're doing this podcast, it's like nobody's doing it, right? And and you see it as not just an opportunity, but uh, you see it as this this unique content that there is a demand for out there, you know? So I look at it the same way and not really sad. It's just a brilliant opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> if no one uh, is doing it, we can do it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so every year I've kind of, you know, tried to implement a different uh, way to approach uh, creating teams. Okay. Okay. So my first three years was spent with uh, Kinkini Racing, which is a specialized sponsored team uh, where we had a team manager, where we had a big team of eight, nine riders. That was one model. And there were a lot of positives and negatives from that model. Um, I think it's one of the worst models for Indian cycling at the moment where you have a big team um, and, um, you know, you have a bunch of riders and you're given free equipment and, uh, you know, you travel to races, uh, you know, one of a few times in a year. Uh, the reason why it's inefficient is because when you have a team, it's super important to the success and the, the cohesion and the, the energy and the forward momentum of a team that everyone is pushing with the same energy. You know, yeah. if you have a couple of guys who are slacking or who are drafting a little too much, you know, to use a cycling term, it brings down kind of the energy of the entire team. And you're like, hey, why is this guy not doing as much as I am? Maybe I can do a little less, you know. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that kind of held us back there. But another thing that uh, kind of was a drawback of that model was um, we kind of used um, um, outside events or events outside India like a race outside India in Malaysia or Thailand. Um, mm. And we put a lot of our resources, money that was raised towards this one event. Now, here's the problem with that. When you go out and do this one event, it's great for the first time because it's a new experience, right? Yeah. Problem is it's an incredible resource suck. You know, unless you're incredibly resource rich, um, and, uh, by that, I just mean, if you have a suitcase with a bunch of lakhs in it, <laughs> you know, um, it's a terrible way to spend money because you, you travel to a foreign country for a week, you expose yourself to some really good racing. Uh, but it's a week where you're pretty much just looking at the front wheel in front of you and looking to survive and looking to compete. 
you don't really network, you don't really form any connections with people uh, in the racing that you're doing because mm. everyone's just like, hey, they're competing. Exactly. So mm. the mentality is not that mentality of exchanging ideas, exchanging business cards, exchanging mm. ideas. Um, so those are kind of the two drawbacks. But at the same time, this team has led to creating a lot of individuals who still make a huge impact in the sport in a small way. So if you look at Kiran Kumar Raju, the current MTV national champion, yes, uh, yes. He, was a, he was a product of the Kinkini team or, or Lokesh Narasimha, who has started um, uh, you know, a shop in Mysore. And he's super important in creating a whole bunch of new generation of cyclists in Mysore. Yes. So I think the biggest advantage of that thing was we were a very close-knit family and uh, a lot of uh, good people came out of it who are still doing good work in Indian cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year, I started a setup where I'd signed with a pro team in Australia, um, which happened to be a giant sponsored team. Okay. Really, my only option to make things work was I needed to somehow partner with Giant in India, you know. And so, yeah, so that was also a, a kind of a great experience. And it was a little bit of, um, you know, a relationship that came about because it was necessary. Like I said, you know, Giant sponsored team in Australia had to partner with, a, you know, Gi- had to partner with Giant in India. So I reached out to them and had an amazing response from the guys who run Giant in India, Praveen Patel yeah. and, um, and their marketing team. And, you know, we said, let's do this. It was historic, right? I mean, the first, uh, the first Indian rider to ride for a professional team uh, outside India. And mm. so it was beneficial to everyone. And uh, that year, was a year with a lot of history, to be honest. I mean, it was the year that, you know, that happened. First, uh, first Indian sign a pro contract. Um, and um, uh, we also ended up uh, being the first uh, Indians to uh, line up at the world championships in almost a decade, you know, so that yeah. was also pretty historic. And um, I mean, it was, it was just a wonderful year with, uh, with the brand. And um, so at the end of that year, it uh, kind of things kind of wound on and I, and uh, a friend actually reached out to me. Uh, Bachi from To Go Activewear, which is basically a clothing company here based in Bangalore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bachi reached out to me and said, hey, there's this, there's a, there's a friend of mine who's, you know, running a cafe and, uh, you know, he's really keen on supporting the sport. And that person happened to be Ashish Tadani uh, uh, behind Chiklo Cafe. Yeah. And, um, and you know what, I, it was one of those things where I was like, um, I had a feeling that I, it was the right time to try this kind of a, uh, a team model again, uh, kind of back to the back to the Kinkini years, but yes. really doing it uh, in a way that um, I thought would make impact, you know. So I was given a lot of creative, uh, a lot of responsibility to kind of pick the riders and determine our race calendar and determine what we did throughout the year and and uh, also importantly, got the okay for covering the things that we do, telling the story, you know, so there was yeah. a sort of a media budget of sorts. And uh, I couldn't do anything but jump on that opportunity and, you know, and run with it, you know. Mm. Um, and that was a massive learning experience. And what we did differently that year was, you know, a smaller team, so different from the Kinkini years. And also, uh, um, also instead of doing big events outside India, yeah. actually spend a chunk of time living and training outside of India, which is which is uh, the first time a team or a brand actually uh, supported our, our Belgium trip, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was massive. And I learned a lot of things from those two years. And um, at the end of 2018, which is last year, um, I'd say is, is phase four, you know, my, my fourth project, so to speak. And uh, this one is a little bit of just focusing back on myself, as selfish as that sounds. What I learned was 
Um, uh, any energy that I divest from uh, really pushing the level of Indian cycling, um, you know, with my own legs is it's not the right time to do it mainly because my legs have a lot more to give. Hmm. Uh, and so I feel like, uh, I felt like I just really needed to give it a final good go in the last competitive years that, uh, that I want to have in the sport. But at the same time, it also gave me the freedom to grow my coaching business um, and yeah. give me a little bit more financial independence mm-hmm. um, because that's always a powerful position to be in just in, in terms of mental space yeah. uh, and um, you know, not having to depend on anyone to, to pay your bills is great, you know, being your own boss a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, and so I wanted to focus on that. And, and the, the, the beautiful thing is, you know, you're working with the right people when um, you're kind of supported in that decision, even though they are the guys who uh, were running the pro- uh, were supporting the last project you were working on, you know. So uh, that gave me the confidence to kind of in 2019 say, hey, you know what, I'm going to focus on myself a bit, focus on my coaching business. And of course, another key focus would be my mentorship project, which is the Indian Cycling Project, which I talked about earlier. And really allows me to kind of do experiment a little bit more there, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, that's where we are at now. Very well. So, um, how to build a team that's competitive internationally? So you have been doing this for a quite long time, and I want to know what is the process that you go through. Right. right. So you know what? The, here's yeah. This is another question that often comes up. You know, and I've, uh, over the years, I've been approached. I always get approached at the end of every year after the buzz of a national championships and things like that. People yeah. reach out to me and say, "Hey, I'm from so and so." you know, JSW sports or, you know, big, big money kind of, uh, conglomerate types. Mm. And the pitch is often, Hey, we'd like you to start India's first pro cycling team. Uh, we have a lot of money and, uh, we'd like you to head it, you know? Mm. Um, and I'm in a place in my life where I've seen enough of Indian cycling and I spend enough time thinking about it to know that, uh, it's not just important that you do things. It's important that you do things at the right time with the right people. Um, and, uh, that's what determines success, not just doing things, uh, yes. the money is there, you know? Uh, and so often my, my answer is, um, uh, is now I just literally say that it's not the right time yet. And what I mean by that is right now in India, there aren't more than two athletes in the entire sport of Indian cycling who are training uh, professionally, who are uh, riding at a level that require that is required of them to even line up for uh, you know an Asia Tour race, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have that, here's the thing about cycling: it's an endurance sport, and to be competitive uh, at the top level in Asia requires five to eight years of work done beforehand, you know. Um, so if you want to start a professional team in India that competes at the Asia tour, the right time to have started it is five years ago. So if someone came to me and said, um, Hey, our our goal is not to start a pro cycling team that competes at the top level in Asia. Our goal is to start a team where we develop riders to be competitive in Asia in four to five years, you know, Hmm. and that's a long-term commitment. And, and, And not too many people are willing to take that. But that's the truth about cycling or endurance sport. It takes time. It takes a generation of athletes to develop them over the course of multiple years. Um, because you can't put 250,000, you can't inject 250,000 kilometers into a rider's legs. That has to happen <laughs> over 20,000 kilometers a year for five years. And then you can talk about being competitive, you know? 
Um, so, so as far as team building goes in India, you know, unless someone is able to have that patience and that long-term vision and not re and, and really cycling is a sport where there is no genuine ROI to speak of, you know, yeah. um, um, it's not like it's a mass participation sport where, you know, you can ticket, uh, ticket, uh, spectators and things like that. It's not mm. soccer. It's not cricket. There are no stadium, stadium sales. There is no, uh, there is merchandise sales if you're clever about it and market well. So it requires a certain amount of patience and maturity in, in, in investors. And it requires people who have deep enough pockets, um, and who know, and who have played long games before, you know, uh, which there aren't too many of in India at the moment. They should be but basically aware about the sport to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they do have to have an intimate kind of, you know, awareness of, uh, what the sport of cycling is and it's, it's incredible demands and, and, um, yeah, that that's required for sure. So the best thing as far as teams go in India, the best way to, you know, if you were talking about starting a team in India, really the best way to do it would be keeping it amateur, keeping the focus on producing uh, national level elite riders who have a work rate that uh, that puts them in a place where they can be, they have a chance of being competitive in four to five years. So you really have to make the focus of a team more about, um, you know, the work that's required to be done, you know, versus, mm. uh, versus some pie in the sky, like be competitive in Asia or line up at the Tour de France in like two years, you know. Right. To be competitive, you first need to be able to reach that point to Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You need to do the homework, which in cycling's case is a ton of kilometers. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, like you said that there are not many people who are very much competitive internationally in India. So, what needs to be done? Like you said, kilometers needs to be put up, but... Yeah. Uh, have you identified anyone that have the capabilities to yeah. reach that level and how much time do you think yeah. one should be there? Uh, that's a good question. And, and, uh, that's of course a question of every, um, every kind of, um, sport that's looking to, to kind of, that's setting up a five-year plan, right? How do we identify talent? Yeah. Uh, if there is this so-called thing as talent, how do we develop them and fast track them towards, you know, uh, uh, being world-class or Asian class performers. And here's what I've seen from my first ad experience. There is, um, so I, I consider my, so people ask me why I'm so optimistic about Indian cycling and, and, uh, I like to answer them in this way. Uh, it's that I have, I, I consider myself a person of zero talent. Um, whatever little I've achieved in Indian cycling and a little bit outside has, I think has been, I attributed purely to, um, uh, the amount of work that I put in on the bike. You know, I tried yeah. to, um, when I first went to Australia in 2016, I got a firsthand view of what is the actual work that people are putting in, in this sport, you know, mm. and I saw a 17 year old kid with, uh, with an FTP about 50 Watts more than me. Uh, wow. it's easy to assume that he was just born with it. Right. But then I look at what he did when he was age 16, 15, 14, he was putting in as many kilometers as I was. And I thought I was training hard here in India. It's just like the comparison that we do with cricket. So, yep. Hmm. Yep. 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 I mean, we just assume that Dravid's really good at, uh, at, uh, at defense because he was born with it, or maybe he has, you know, really fast reaction time or, you know, really good acuity, but it's because he's probably hit about, you know, a hundred thousand balls in nets, you know? Hmm. Uh, and it's the same thing with cycling and you just can't escape that fact. Um, and so 
what it would take to identify talent and have I seen anything in India that, that offers me hope. I just look to myself and I say, I genuinely think, and I think if we measured, you know, numbers and, and talent ID uh, identification markers and things like that, you, I would probably, we would probably find that I'm incredibly untalented, but at the same time, I'm, I'm at the top of the heap here, you know, and, um, people don't see kind of before I came to India, the, the, you know, I had 150,000 kilometers in my legs. I raced from, you know, beginner category to kind of just below the top level in the, in the U S and I'd done yeah. 150 races. So people don't see that part because that wasn't covered anywhere or it wasn't on social media or on Strava, right? We have covered uh, it on hit the road, but so people yeah, should know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yes, I have seen, um, some talented riders in India and mm. what I've realized is it's so easy to get hung up on talent and identifying talent. What I've found that, what I've also found is that, uh, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have that mental fortitude to push through all the challenges, be they injury or, uh, you know, maybe lacking financial, uh, financial backing or, the, the myriad of no's you hear from uh, potential sponsors or, uh, you know, um, or, um, or just maybe reaching out for help to people in the community. Hmm. Um, it's being able to push through all of that, 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 uh, that really, that really determines, you know, achieving yeah. any level of success in the sport. That's, that's, that's what I believe. And so it's great to kind of look and hunt for talent, but at the end of the day, you've got to have a person that's willing to do the work and that's willing to really uh, push through all the challenges, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, we are speaking right now about how, how the people can get competitive in the international segment. So you have been in Australia, you have been in US, Belgium, uh, you have basically traveled the world for cycling. Um, India is still not a cycling first country. It's uh, yeah it's focused on more other sports and cycling is yep. just a leisure activity for True. a highest percentage of people True. and racing in that is a very small percentage. True. So what are your observations from those countries which can be applied here right now so that in the next four or five years we see, yeah. we get good number of participants who, yeah. who can take on the world. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think the most critical thing that needs to happen is, uh, which is happening, um, at a, at a, at a good rate, but I think it just can do so much more. It can, can be accelerated so much more, which is now, if you look at, okay, if you look at, uh, 2012, if, if I asked you, what are the big community racing, uh, calendars across the country? The only one I would be able to name is, uh, the Bangalore bicycle championships. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a community driven, uh, you know, the volunteers who organize it are community driven. The entry fees for it are minimal that just cover costs. Hmm. Uh, there is no prize money at all. Right. Okay. But if you look at, uh, champions or the national level athletes, uh, or the medals that were won at nationals this year, uh, yeah. the women's double national champion, the under 23 double national champion, uh, the silver medal in the time trial, um, the fourth place in the under 23 time trial all come from Bangalore, you know, all, all race at the Bangalore bicycle championships. Right? Yes. Um, so it can be attributed to just like sheer coincidence or luck. Right. But, um, 
uh, having seen it and having seen uh, these people and know, knowing these people, um, you know, some of these people wouldn't be in the sport were it not for the encouraging nature of the people who are part of the community that form BBCH, but also the extended community, you know? Yeah. So I know these riders and I know that some of them would not be in the sport were it not were it not for the existence of BBCH, where they could come out on yeah. the third Sunday of every month and uh, have a low pressure just opportunity to measure themselves, you know, and uh, enjoy the sport and experience racing, you know, where, where people yeah. aren't fighting for a position and there's respect, you know, uh, mm. and things like that. Um, so it's no coincidence. And, and now if you look at community events across the country, you see Chennai has the TCC, the WCCG, you see Mangalore has the MACC, you see... Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mysore has uh, MDCA, uh, you know, uh, Kerala has a whole bunch of, you know, club level uh, uh, organizations um, and Delhi has ATH for MTB, um, yeah. you know, community level organization where the only motivation is to further cycling culture is super important. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that uh, being money minded and, and looking at creating a healthy uh, racing or, or, or race promotion as a business isn't a good idea. Uh, it's a great idea. If someone's got this, this, uh, experience in running events and, and has good marketing, a good marketing background has good connects in, in, uh, uh you know, in corporate CSR kind of, uh, areas, uh, building mm. up race promotion kind of business is a good idea, but Here's the other honest truth about race promotion, having seen it and being part of it in different parts of the world, in the US and uh, having seen it in Belgium and having seen it in Australia. What I've, what, what I've realized is race promotion is is not a lucrative business in the sport of cycling. Hmm. You know, A lot uh, of infrastructure is, which goes in. A lot, a lot of investment and, and uh, it's not like running where you can have, you know, 10,000 people uh, cycle mm-hmm. an event, you know, at least not a repetitive event for cycling can't be done at a scale of 10,000, 20,000, you know, yeah. running is the only one that you can really do that. And for triathlon, um, you know, it is uh, big money because people are just calibrated to be charged huge sums of money to race a triathlon because the logistics of organizing a triathlon is incredibly hard. Uh, but in cycling anywhere around the world, you don't see successful cycling race promote race promotion calendars. Hmm. You see maybe one-off events like yeah, big grand founders definitely are money 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 makers. But like a calendar, a calendar of racing, you'll never see anywhere. Like race promoters yeah. in the U.S. struggle to make mm. money out of race promotion calendars, you know? So you have to be acutely aware that, um, you know, you can, you can beat your head trying to create something like that, but ultimately for the sport to succeed locally in India, you just need more community powered racing for bananas, like, like ATH in Delhi likes to call it, mm-hmm. uh, racing where you're not really racing to like show that you're the best. You're really racing you know, maybe 30 year old, 40 year old mamas are, and, and, you know, maybe women are coming out to race to challenge themselves yeah. and to give themselves a goal, but really it's there to promote the grassroots of the sport, to kind of give a place where young riders can, you know, come out, develop, um, you know, and, and, and enjoy, enjoy the sport, you know, really more than anything else. Yeah. Mm. That's what's required. More of it. And, uh, no one has to reinvent any sort of wheel because they can just copy what uh, organizations like BBCH are doing. And a lot of, and a lot of uh, um, uh, Hyderabad has Hyderabad Racing League. So, and a lot of people yeah. attribute a lot of their models to the BBCH mm. kind of, you know, model of community powered racing. So, yeah. 
that's what i think is super important awesome so so we have seen uh, there were a few videos which went viral where few cyclists uh, were using some unethical yeah. substances before yeah. uh, entering the national championships so yeah. i'm sure you might have seen a lot of it in your uh, yeah. long career yeah. of cycling yeah. so yeah. anything that you would like to say about it yeah so yeah um so i think the 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 reference that you're making is to this video basically of uh, i think it was the rajasthan or haryana state selections where there was a rider kind of seeming to inject himself with something before the start of the race yes um and you know what i've seen uh, i've seen things like needle use in cycling in india uh, and um, and it's a uh, it's a uh, it's yeah it's a scary thing you know um uh so for example some anecdotes um mm. i think that's one of the best way to illustrate it so yeah i believe 2016 nationals in jamkandi okay so yeah. i was at the warm up area where they have these tents you know where cyclists kind of set up their rollers and they warm up and and uh, we pulled up our car uh, kind of next to it and i was wearing slippers and i just stepped out of the uh, uh the suv onto the ground yeah uh, and literally in my slipper was stuck i stepped onto a needle you know mm. and and then i looked around and i saw a couple of these needles and i'm like ha huh, maybe this is just a dumping ground uh and this is right before my time trial so i'm super <laughs> focused or yeah. or maybe this is like a bunch of guys who have been you know using these needles for for something to inject mm. something right mm. uh, so that was one anecdote another anecdote was when i was at uh, uh when i was at at nationals again in jamkandi and i walked into the room of uh you know uh one of our country's national champions right yeah. and former national champions and um they were staying as part of uh, you know a team housing in a small house and i just surprised just walked in to say hi you know because uh, i had a couple of friends who were living right next to their house yeah uh, and uh, and i walked in and i saw this guy <laughs> walking around with uh, a bag of a bag of i don't know what and i assume it was saline okay. and uh, and basically had a needle in it right so mm. what's what's scary about it is see i have no evidence about what's in the needle and about what these athletes were taking but the fact that athletes are so comfortable using a needle is something that genuinely kind of uh, worried me you know yeah um, and then you also hear st- stories about uh, patiala you know which is uh, the nis and uh, and i hope the ro- wrong people don't hear this cuz i could get in trouble uh, but but i'll, I'll tell it anyways cuz i'm not too afraid of things like this um but at patiala you hear these stories about um uh, you know outside of the hostel kind of uh, you know shady people offering kind of you know uh contents of a needle to athletes uh you know yeah. uh, claim that it's x y or z right mm. um so here's the way i look at it uh, as an athlete in indian sport uh, who's at the top level uh, in indian cycling at the moment um the way i look at it is um um you know the day that someone kind of i feel that i've been cheated out of a medal is the day that i hang up my bike my my bike you know in the in in competitive indian cycling and i switch to you know doing a myriad of other things which i can make more money off of and uh, <laughs> i i i'd rather spend my time doing you know yeah um so far that hasn't happened so you know that's a good thing so the other thing is um our federation does do quite a bit in terms of um 
you know, at least making sure that the podiums of our national championships are clean, you know. So our National Federation does do a job of, uh, or the National Anti-Doping Authority, NADA, does test every podium finisher, you know. And uh, I don't think we've had anyone who's been caught last year or the year before, but uh, for example, uh, our 2015 bronze medal winner was actually caught for doping, you know. And uh, I think the year after that, another bronze medalist was caught for doping. So yeah, every year you do have this one person who gets popped. Yeah. Uh, and um, and typically it's, it's, I think, here's the thing, in Indian cycling and in Indian sport in general, one, there isn't this knowledge about, um, you know, that it's not okay uh, to take illegal substances, you know, like yeah. it's, it's so crazy, but you talk to some of these riders and, and uh, you know, a lot of them typically come from like small villages in India and things like that. And they're told by their seniors that it's okay or, you know, they really don't. Uh, and these are the same kids that have Lance Armstrong posters on their wall, you know? So yeah. it's, it's almost like there's a part of Indian mm. sport that's just trapped in a different age, you know? Fortunately, these riders also are trapped in a different age with regards to their level of training. And so you don't see them at the top level, at least in Indian cycling anymore. Um, has less of an impact, but it does exist, you know? Yeah. Um, and... Um, uh, besides these 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 few anecdotes I've shared with you, I haven't really come across it, um, uh, fortunately. And um, there is definitely a lack of knowledge, though, about uh, anti-doping and ethics in sport in India. It's just not a conversation that athletes in India have, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's definitely room to improve those things massively. I'm testing yeah. it out. Okay. So. Yeah, gotcha. I, I I mostly do in-person interviews, but gotcha. uh, few times I have tried uh, Skype. It was great to have a conversation with you. I got to learn a lot about the international scale of cycling and I'm sure our listeners will uh, be fascinated to try their hand at getting better. And I'm sure the next four or five years are great for the Indian cycling community and there will be people shining in the international uh, podiums <laughs> definitely like i said my optimism for indian cycling comes from the fact that uh, i think i am uh, zero on the talent scale and you know uh, i believe that kind of the work that i've done is kind of uh, got me to where i am yeah. and uh, if i am as untalented as i believe i am then uh, the only way for indian cycling is up and so um, yeah, the key is just, you know, developing a strong sense of community at, at uh, all across India and every community and people in the community just spend their time, their resources to kind of um, nurture, nurture young talent as much as they can. And um, yeah, and, and adopt, you know, the best practices in training, uh, whether it's training with power meters, working with a good coach. And I think the only way forward for Indian cycling is kind of forward, you know, uh, at a very quick rate. So uh, glad to be part of it. Yeah. So I just remember really an image about uh, Usain Bold where he yeah. earned a few million dollars yeah. in a yeah. 100 meter race which lasted yeah. barely for a few seconds. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of rave going about it. Yeah. But there was one quote which said that it took 20 years to yeah. earn 1 million in 10 seconds. Absolutely. So it's so the true. amount yeah. of time that one invests in this sport and yeah. the commit commitment. So absolutely, it's great. And uh, the cycling in India is only brighter. And thanks Definitely. for coming on the show, Naveen. I hope You're you welcome. enjoyed having conversation. <laughs>
Yeah, it was a pleasure being on Rowan. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get to do a couple more chats with uh, a different bunch of to. stuff. I That'd would love awesome. to. I would love to. So awesome. yeah, it's awesome. Uh, if you listeners have any questions or any feedbacks, do write us at Epilog Media on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or wherever you get your social media dose. We would keep coming with great episodes, great conversations about the cycling community, how we can get better at cycling, get stronger at cycling. Till then, hit the road, cause that's how you get it. <laughs>